Welcome into a Thursday edition of the Baseball Insiders. We are officially more than one week past the trade deadline, and that means it's time for Robert Murray and I to talk about offseason trade candidates. Because why would we stop talking about trade options when the trade deadline ends? It's just not how it works. Welcome into the show, and most importantly, uh, welcome to you, Robert Murray. Uh, thanks so much for joining me again, man. Hey, always a pleasure to be here with you. We got plenty of good stuff for today's show. Hopefully, we got uh, some good insight later on, or well, throughout the entire show, especially later on in the show. A little tease there. Uh, <laughs> no, we're yeah, not going to do anything. Doing? Yeah, we're not going to do anything good up top. We're saving all the the good stuff for later. <laughs> on um, no, I, I, well, I'll, I, I can promise you guys this: we got we got some good stuff today. So, Adam, most importantly, how are you? Good. I'm doing good. Uh, I just did the Yankees show, obviously, about a half hour before this, and I screamed so much that I gargled salt water between shows because uh, the Yankees are terrible. And I actually don't even know if that helps. Like, I don't even know if that's a solution to having no voice. But I, I tell you what, I certainly tried. Um, and uh, I wasn't sure if I want to wear my glasses today, honestly. I wasn't sure if that was a deadline thing or if we wanted to make that a more regular occurrence. So show up in the chat. Uh, if you do want me to pop my glasses on for the rest of the show, if that's when you lock in, great, happy to. Uh, why don't you mull that over while I do our ad reads? Uh, this show today is brought to you by Bet365. We have a code for you on the stream with us today right on the screen. That's a promo code for you right at sign up. Uh, all you have to do to get that code with Bet, uh, to get our uh, offer with Bet365 is deposit $10 and place a $1 wager on any sport. Just $1 and on any sport. You will instantly receive $200 added to your account in bonus bets, whether you win or lose. All you have to do is use the code BASEBALLIN at sign up. By using our code BASEBALLIN, again, right there on the screen, recommend you join us on YouTube for that reason. You not only receive the $200 in bonuses, but you will also be directly supporting the podcast. And we need your support right now. So if you haven't signed up for Bet365, Join with the code baseball in and place that first bet. This offers for new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in most legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer. And that's not all. Uh, if you have, uh, you know, if, if you have a question for us that didn't get answered on a show, you have a thought starter you want to see on the show. If you want access to Robert between shows, or you want access to me, you probably don't want that. But if you do, you can get it on our private Discord channel, which you can gain access to by becoming a member with us on YouTube. It's just a 99 cent paid subscription, and you get full access to that Discord channel. We've seen a lot of comments lately, people saying, you know, they're not sure how to join it. They're not sure how to get on in there. Uh, leave your comments anywhere other than today's chat on the show because those go away when the episode ends, but your comments anywhere else will be addressed by our staff. That we can promise you. Uh, drop it on my personal socials. DM me. I'll forward it to the people who need it. Um, that's how it goes. So just make sure to drop your questions anywhere. We'll address them after the show. Woo, that was all a mouthful, Robert. Now let's talk trades. Let's make it happen, dude. Should we just jump right on into this thing? Let's jump right into it. We obviously got a lot to talk about, uh, stuff that already happened, stuff going on in the world of baseball. And I think before we get into likely off-season trade candidates, people who've set themselves up well to be dealt by the action of this deadline, I do want to shout out Michael Lorenzen first. Um, because what did we say all of last week and the prior month? Like, the number one difference maker might not be the blockbuster trade that occurs at the deadline. 
Steve Pierce was the Boston Red Sox World Series MVP in 2018. Last year's Phillies run does not happen without David Robertson and Brandon Marsh. Not only does it happen sometimes, it happens with regularity. The Phillies go out and get Michael Lorenzen for one middle infield prospect. And guess what? Eight innings in his first start and a 125-pitch no-hitter at home in a magical night in Philadelphia last night. It just, magic happens sometimes. No, it absolutely does. And it is the the deadline additions that are not, the, the ones that don't take up all the headlines, typically are the ones that have the biggest impact. And Lorenzen, he was still one of the bigger players that was moved because it was just like not that deep of a trade class this year. But he kind of flew under the radar still. And that was a really big addition for the Phillies because they needed another starting pitcher. Uh, Dave Dombrowski has always prioritized pitching. They identified Lorenzen as a fit. And so far it has gone about as well as they could have ever imagined. Watching the videos from the stands of his family last night, uh, as he got the no hitter, it was freaking awesome. And his entire story has been one of perseverance. Cause when he was with the reds, he was really, he wanted to be a starting pitcher, uh, but he was just never really got the opportunity to do so. Uh, when he was with the Angels, he struggled, obviously. Um, and he almost resigned back there this year, actually, but ultimately ended up going to the Tigers. And Scott Harris was the driving force um, behind that pursuit, both in Detroit, but also in San Francisco in, in the last couple of years. He's a player that, that Harris has really liked, uh, identified as a guy who could be meaningfully better than he was in both Anaheim and Cincinnati, had a really strong start to the year. Um, made the all-star team and then now got traded to Philadelphia and had a no-hitter. I think it's one of the coolest stories in baseball. Um, and Lorenzen, who is a free agent at the end of the year, is in line to get paid. He, he's going to end up getting – he's going to have a lot of suitors. Yeah, my lock of the century is you are going to see a lot of Michael Lorenzen costumes in the greater Philadelphia area this Halloween. Uh, playoff pursuit, early camaraderie with the fan base – talked immediately after that game about like, hey, how many cities in America are there where the fans are this much a part of a game like this? You watched that game yesterday. They were on every pitch. That last pitch of the no-hitter was a grade A hanger. But you know what? Sometimes magic is on your side. Dom Smith pops it up into center field, and we get a truly indelible baseball moment. I don't know if Michael Lorenzen is going to throw eight shutty every time he toes the rubber for Philly for the rest of the season but I know he helps a lot. And I know a lot of people did not dedicate their deadline coverage to analyzing whether how you Lee was an overpay or Lorenzen could level up or whatnot. And now might be one of the most important people dealt last week. Oh, he absolutely was. And you can see his importance now um, in Philadelphia, both in the rotation and just like that entire team overall looks, it's got a different feel to it. And you see it with Lorenzen, you see it with Trey Turner that standing O, I'm telling you, I said it the moment it happened. I said I'm on the record on this podcast. That was the moment that changed his season. I think he is going to end up being a guy you watch, and he's going to end up having a pretty big second half of the year. And I think that Philly team, with Lorenzen, with that rotation looking better, with Turner performing much better, that that's a scary team in the National League. I think that's a team that both the Braves and the Dodgers have to really look out for. That is the number one wild card right now for a reason, and they are only gaining momentum. Let's get into this offseason. Take a time warp forward. Uh, The poll is in, by the way, 
on whether or not I should wear glasses for this show. Uh, almost unanimous yes. So I'm going to go put them on. But guess what? Somebody voted no. Hey, if you voted no, justify it in the comments. I wonder why. Um, only one no vote, though. The plurality says yes. Um, let's talk about potential offseason trades. Uh, a few names jumped out at me immediately. Um, you dropped a hammer on this exercise. And so let's finish with the name that you added at the end, because I feel like how, how could we not? Um, but in terms of people, I'm already looking at, at their availability. Pete Alonso has jumped to the front of my line personally. Obviously, the names that were rumored to get dealt at the deadline but didn't are fully in this conversation. That's Dylan Cease. They're just the White Sox did not get the haul they were looking for there. Maybe that's Alec Thomas of the Diamondbacks. You and I talked about that. They got rid of an outfielder last offseason. They're probably going to do it again this offseason as they actively take money out of my FanDuel account by now being under 500. But that's beside the point. But Pete Alonso, probably the most important. The Mets get rid of Scherzer. They have a tough conversation with him. The Mets get rid of Verlander. They have the same conversation with him. Alonzo and the Mets didn't really seem to be talking before the deadline, which is why my red flags are up. Yeah, I, 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 they had conversations in the offseason, but they didn't really go anywhere. And I don't know if Alonzo did not want to like talk about an extension in season. So I don't necessarily know if that was a reason why we heard little chatter there whatsoever. Um, but the fact that they that they listened to inquiries um, and they were not turning teams away. I think that was just them doing their due diligence in case someone blew them away. Um, but considering the fact that they are aiming to try to compete in 2025 and 2026, um, and Alonzo's a free agent after the 2024 season, um, I think that does make a trade possible. And his name, he would end up being one of the better hitters, actually arguably the top hitter not named Shohei Otani. Um, that would be available both on the trade or free agent markets. Um, he's, I think the Mets will end up getting quite a bit of interest there. And I think a trade in the offseason is more likely than it was at the deadline. But that being said, um, I do expect the Mets to make more attempts at extending Alonzo uh, in the offseason. Because that's when you don't have to worry about that distracting his season. Um, ultimately, will that lead to a deal? I don't know. But um, I also, like, if I had to rank the possibilities here i'd say most likely is alonzo stays put um and then second is an extension third is a trade i think the two and three can end up being like kind of a toss-up um it's it's hard to read right now but um i think the the one thing i can say for certain is that they will make more attempts at trying to extend them for sure that makes total sense because it does feel pretty respectful to hold him to the offseason at least instead of scrambling at the deadline and like 36 hours before being like, hey, Pete Alonso's available, by the way. Like one of our most recognizable players. Yeah, we're going to make him move. We're going to make him leave his apartment, sell his house. Like that's that's not really a very kind way to go. You know, it's a business, but that's not exactly respectful. So it does make it seem like they'll make an attempt there. I, I will address some of these comments for sure because a lot of you are bringing up some interesting points potential yeah. trade candidates as well. Um, and let's get to that before the big name that I know you want to bring up. Uh, Josh W. bringing up the Brewers as a potential a team entering a pivot point this offseason, especially if Craig Council maybe does not have a long-term future there. I, I guess you could name any of the big-name Brewers as potential offseason trade candidates. Yeah, I want, I'm, I want to think about how I want to word this one. Um, 
because there's the, the first part of this is really an important one. And if, if Craig council leaves, he is currently not signed after the season. And if I had to guess, I don't think he's back in Milwaukee next year. Um, and that would be a huge blow. He's one of the best managers in baseball. Um, and I don't know exactly how they go about replacing him, And that would end up having an impact on their long-term future um, in terms of what that season or in terms of what their next couple seasons would look like. And Corbin Burns and Willie Adamas are both free agents after the 2024 season. And I think both of those guys are players that the Brewers should absolutely entertain listening uh, to trade inquiries. Uh, I know they both, I know Matt Arnold, their GM made it crystal clear that they were not going to trade him at the, or trade either player at the deadline. But realistically, how likely is it that they're going to be able to sign Burns, who is one of the best starting pitchers in baseball to a long-term deal. He's going to end up commanding top dollar. His agent is Scott Boris. So you can basically rule out uh, an extension there. Willie Adamas loves it in Milwaukee, but I know he struggled this year, but he's still one of the better shortstops in baseball and can end up pricing himself out of there too. And if you can't extend those guys, then I think trading those guys and getting a haul in return because they'd have one full year under contract is something that they need to entertain. Um, I would not rule out either. Um, I don't think they would want to trade either, but they might be put in a position where they have to consider it. And I see Trevor D. Um, asking about Council and Stearns to the Yankees, or I know there's been rumors about both those guys going to the Mets. Mm. If Council doesn't return to Milwaukee next year, I wonder if he takes a year off. That's just my speculation. Um, but he's watching his sons or watching his son play baseball is something that's really important to him. And um, I think that's something that'd be really kind of uh, important in the, like in the front of his mind in making that decision. So uh, I would not get your hopes up there. Well, based sight unseen, but based on what I've seen from the Yankees lately, I would honestly take Craig Council's son on the New York Yankees next season. I don't know how old he is or what position he plays, but if Council wants to manage his son, if that's more appealing to him, then I'll just plop him on the Yankees roster. Yeah, I'll tell you, it's crazy. Because when I was on the Brewers beat, uh, I watched his son warming up on the field and um, and basically emulating everything his dad did. And now he's playing like collegiate baseball. And I mean, he's, we're talking about him as a draft prospect too, which is absolutely wild. Uh, it even makes me feel old, which that's a new feeling for me. Um, but the Brewers are a really, they're a big unknown when it comes to this offseason and going forward, just because of that Craig Council and also the, the Burns and Adamas conversation as well. Yeah, Sean Casey's son being on a Cape Cod League collegiate all-star roster this summer was definitely one where I was like, all right, my eyeballs just fell out. That's great. A um, couple more teams just that I Justin is asking about the Cardinals, and we'll get to them in one second. But I do want to do the Dodgers now at Michael's comment about how they have to shuck a bunch of guys off the, you know, the rule five eligible guys, get them off the 40 man. Tony Gonsolin as a trade option. And also, you just mentioned all those brewers. You and I have reiterated as many times as we can that Willie Adamas is kind of like the, hey, if all the chips fall in the right place, the Dodgers would love to get this guy in the room kind of candidate. Raymond bringing up Michael Bush. It's just Dodger chatter today. But the first, you know, your brewers point and these Dodgers points feel like they're two halves of the same coin. 
Oh, they absolutely do. And Willie Adamas is a player that the Dodgers have long really liked and um, rightfully so. He's extremely talented. I think those um, that, that's the thing, though, is with the Dodgers, like their prime focus is Shohei Otani like that. It's no secret that they covet Otani. Is it possible that they can end up pulling off all three? I would say extremely unlikely. But it's the Dodgers, and they did not spend big last offseason. They did not spend big at this trade deadline. Maybe they have the flexibility. I don't know, but I think um, surely it's something they're going to consider, but their primary focus is solely on Otani. Solhey. Well, we'll let that <laughs> – I, I can't wait to do uh, three months. We had the Otani tracker in the podcast before the deadline for a little bit. Then Artie Moreno was like, I already told you numbskulls. I'm not doing that. And we're like, all right, fine, take it out. We're going to have an offseason whirlwind of Otani content. I I'm, I'm pretty pumped. Oh, we are absolutely going to have a whirlwind of Otani coverage. It is going to be, I mean, we're talking the biggest free agency in baseball history. This is people are probably going to end up getting sick of it at some point, but to me, there's not enough coverage or there's not going to be enough coverage just because this is like a historical free agency. I truthfully cannot wait. Uh, my sleep schedule on the other hand is dreading it. Um, yeah. I, I'm also, I'm very curious to see who gets the Otani scoop. I'm, I'm giving it my all. Um, hopefully we can, hopefully we can scoop pass into Rosenthal and, and Heyman on this one. I tell you what, I'm, I'm not really trying, so I'm, I'm ducking out of that race. It's hopefully it's going to oh, be one. Of I years. thought you were the mystery reporter who had a shot at breaking it. I mean, look, I have every team in my drafts right now and I'll just probably fire one off once somebody else breaks it and then credit them. But yeah, I don't, I don't have it. <laughs> you know what? I believe in you, Adam. I, I think <laughs> you're going to, yeah, you're going to end up shocking the world. Can't wait. I can't wait either. That would be great if that did happen. Uh, you mentioned, obviously, we're going to be doing a ton of Otani. Some people might get sick of it. I look at it the same way, though. I don't remember whose quote it was, but he's basically saying, I play hard. I think it's Luke Gehrig saying, like, I play hard because every day there's going to be someone in the stadium who hasn't seen me play before. It's the same thing. It's like every day there's going to be someone who has not already watched us talk about Shohei Otani. So we're going to talk about it for that guy because or girl, maybe uh, depends on how <laughs> much of an insider you are. But I think it's yeah, I don't know. Whoever you are, we're going to give you our best shot in case you've never watched us. before. No, that's exactly right. Everything that Adam just said, I, I echo that one one trillion percent. Well, let's get uh, let's get it. Let, let's get weird, as you love to say. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Before we go into your bomb and a little bit of the drama from this week, uh, what about St. Louis? Because we had Goldschmidt Arenado watch two heading up to the deadline, eliminated that about a month before Otani, but they traded their rental pitchers. They traded, you know, your Jordan Hickses and Jordan Montgomery's of the world, but Tyler O'Neill stayed, Carlson stayed, Alec Burleson stayed, Newt Barr stayed, Tommy Edmonds stayed. There's a lot of pieces there. Uh, the Cardinals do not feel like your typical last place team because. I feel like I like half the roster and and so does a lot of the rest of baseball, but they've still got some decisions to make, even if they don't go top tier and shop Arenado. Yeah. I, 
I said it at the deadline and I'll say it again. I will eat a shoe if the Cardinals trade either of those guys. Um, I don't see Otani or I don't see uh, Goldschmidt or Arenado um, going anywhere. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not expecting that to happen, but I think the other tier guys of like a Dylan Carlson or Tyler O'Neill are more realistic uh, Carlson was was the topic of a lot of trade conversations at the deadline, especially with the Yankees. And I think he's got probably the best shot of that entire group to get moved. Um, and the Yankees' interest it was it was sincere, and that was exactly the kind of player they're looking for. Is they're looking for an emerging young outfielder who was controllable, cheap. Um, I don't necessarily know what they would have given up in return, but um, he fits the exact profile of what they're looking for. So I think Carlson of that entire group is the name to watch. And Brian Cashman will be the person pulling the strings on that deal because we learned this week that he is supposedly safe. Uh, who else is safe in the Yankees front office? I'm not totally sure on that. Uh, will they be shopping for a potentially a new manager? Could be. Could be. I don't know. Hey. Could be. I, I, I actually don't know the answer to that, so I don't think anybody does at this point. No, uh, I'm not the guy. I'll I'll tell you what I know. But Bob Clappish said basically this. He actually said on the Michael K show that if the Yankees finish fourth or fifth, that Boone's job could be up for debate. Uh, buddy, I hate to break it to you. They're they're gonna finish fourth or fifth. They're not good. So there you go. No, no they're they're in trouble. That entire boy. Yikes. No bueno. That roster construction. No, no bueno. No, not good at all. I, I mean, obviously, a burner. You're saying what I would do. I would elevate Brian Cashman to be GM emeritus and hire, uh, you know, somebody interesting, fresh below him. But yeah, I don't know. That, that feels like uh, not how Starmrunners, he's not a confrontational boy. So we'll find out more. Um, you have a, a team on the opposite coast falling apart, though, that you want to mention before we leave the offseason trade candidate conversation. So I will clear the floor for you now. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to preface this. This is, on the very, very, very unlikely end. Um, but teams are surely going to be asking the Padres about Juan Soto. Uh, they got a plenty of inquiries on both Blake Snell and Josh Hader at the deadline. And according to Dennis Lynn of The Athletic, they came closer to moving Hader than they did Snell. Um, and considering the Padres' struggles this year and the fact that, uh, that Soto is going to be entering free agency um, after the 2024 season, um, it makes a trade a little bit more likely, but it's still very unlikely. Uh, the Padres, they coveted Soto for the longest time, and they ultimately got him last year. And they gave up a six-player haul featuring plenty of their top prospects. And they're not going to be in any hurry to sell him whatsoever. But to whatever team or whatever teams miss out on Shohei Otani, I wonder if they end up pivoting to try and target Juan Soto in a trade. Just the thought that I had. Um, but some team is going to be desperate for star power, and you never know, especially with AJ Prowler. He's about as big of a wild card as there is. Um, so I guess you never know. But I think in ranking the most likely outcomes again, um, one, I think it's the clear favorite is that Soto stays put. Um and then I think a, I think an extension is about as l- unlikely as it gets, considering he turned down forty or four hundred and forty million. That was none of which was deferred, and his agent is also Scott Boris, who never does extensions in season and prefers his players to establish their value on the open market. Um, and then number three is a trade. Plenty of teams are going to be asking. Um, I just don't see it happening. So I listed him as a possibility. 
even though it's a really slim one. We were uh, talking earlier, though, Mark Powell in the comments asking, you know, your thoughts on on the Padres drama. We were talking in the Discord. If you have not joined that Discord, you can get an early peek at what we do talk about. Uh, Juan Soto added to that drama a little bit, uh, talking about the Mariners series, saying, quote, days like this series, we just give up. Like, literally, we just give up instead of grinding, instead of keep grinding, keep pushing. Uh, I mean, that is... That's an eye-opening quote. That does not really sound like somebody thrilled with the way that his roster is behaving at the moment. I don't know. I don't know, folks. Yeah, I don't know either. But I'll tell you, they, there's trouble in San Diego with those comments. Um, not, not good. Not good at all. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. That, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Not, not good at all. Bad. Um, obviously, a burner. Uh, yes, the Discord is YouTube members only. Uh, we recommend that anybody interested in joining, hanging out with us in between, become a YouTube member. Uh, y'all are the best. We love you, whether you are a YouTube member or not. But of course, seeing you in that Discord, seeing you become a YouTube member, uh, we would love to. Uh, we would love to see more of you in there, hanging out, keeping the conversation going between episodes. Couple more notes to hit before we leave, and obviously, if you got more comments, we will get to them couple things to sound off on just because it feels very dumb kevin brown uh still suspended by the baltimore orioles i mean again i kind of didn't believe that this was going to be lasting from monday through thursday through the show i was like well surely he'll be back in the booth by now the drama is lingering the orioles not coincidentally had their worst series maybe of the entire year against the astros blowing a 6-2 lead late in the first game and allowing a grand slam to change the uh, victor in the ninth inning, then getting bludgeoned yesterday. Today, the Astros leave the bases loaded in the ninth, so the Orioles escape. Congratulations. You got John Singleton out, but they almost blew all three of these games. Why is the Orioles' lead play-by-play announcer indefinitely suspended by the team for reading a graphic prepared by the truck? Uh, <laughs> I, I got nothing like that was I, I remember reading that story and I thought what like what the hell and I thought I was missing something I read it five times over and then I saw the entire inter- internet or the, the entire internet react the exact same way that I did and it was about as baffling of a suspension as you could have ever envisioned and it's totally just it's it's malpractice by um the Orioles is ownership there and that should have never happened. Uh, he should have never been suspended. He was only reading the graphic. He was only talking about basically how far the Orioles have come uh, in their previous series against the Rays where the, the Rays have essentially owned them. Yeah. And now the Orioles are like much better. Um, he's only merely pointing out facts and they suspended him indefinitely for it. Um, there is no, surprise whatsoever why we've seen other broadcasters why we've seen other like other fans especially Orioles as fans uh go out and support and chant free Kevin Brown um throughout the stands like it's this should have never happened it makes the Orioles' ownership look really bad who owns MASN um yeah I, I'm, I'm not kidding you that's probably the most baffling suspension that I can recall since I've joined like since I've been a sports fan basically it's just as I said, it's malpractice. A hundred percent. I'm sure everyone had a similar experience, but when they when awful announcing, I think it was dropped the clip that he was suspended for. 
I'm sure, I think everyone probably thought, oh, that's the wrong video. They uploaded the wrong oh, video. Yeah. It was yeah, just I thought around. the same thing. Yeah, I mean, how could that possibly be it? It was just him saying the Orioles' record over the last couple of years here isn't very good. Also, that was by design. They lost a lot of games on purpose for a few years. Like, I guess you do it brazenly, but then you won't let your announcer admit that that's what you were doing. And it's also, it's just, it's an inspirational story. He's saying things have turned around. He's not saying this is the 2019 Orioles. It's baffling from all angles. Oh, it, it absolutely is. It should have never happened, and they need to correct that mistake ASAP. And I'll tell you what, if the Orioles aren't going to welcome Kevin Brown there, um, I can think of 29 other teams that will. Uh, he's a really good young broadcaster, uh, someone who's extremely talented, a great dude. I never, I, I have not talked to him before, um, but we have mutual friends who just rave about him. And, yeah, there's going to be other teams that are going to value him and treat him with respect that the Orioles clearly are not showing him. So that's just... It's really disappointing. Yeah, free Kevin Brown. I'll I'll take a free Kevin Brown. Uh, me and the other twenty nine other teams. We'll, we'll grab that guy. Um, and saying it has not been rectified yet. Uh, I wanted to flag uh, something that came across my feed this week that I, I think was kind of under discussed was the schedule change in in this year's postseason. Um, I don't know whose idea this was or why, for convenience's sake, but it seems like the National League Division Series. You're getting a break compared to the ALDS. The the American League has typical off days. Um, obviously, it goes 2-2-1. Two, two, so there's an off day after game two in the AL and an off day after game four. Normal. You got to travel. The NLDS, those teams are getting an off day after game one and then again after two and again after four. Um, it's obviously all NL teams playing on an equal playing field there, but once you get to the World Series, depending on when teams close out their series, we can see a major National League advantage here. Yeah, that's uh, immediately when I saw that. Um, I thought that's that's a huge break for the National League, and the Braves specifically entered my mind as a team that was a real, like, I don't know, it's going to end up benefiting them or some other National League team somehow. Um, but I had the same exact reaction as you. Like That clearly seems like it favors the National League from a rest perspective. And the Braves, who we all agree are our current favorites in the National League, potentially in all of baseball, have seen their ERA climb in the second half this season. The pitching has struggled. Spencer Strider, ERA all of a sudden up at 3.94. The Ks are still going to drop your jaw, but the ERA is rising. The Braves could use a breather and they might just get it. Oh, they absolutely will. They will get it. And I'm telling you, um, that's going to end up like in terms of postseason stuff and managing um, ro- or managing rosters and specifically like pitching staffs. I think that's going to be in, especially for them, a really important one, because if you remember, they tried adding a starting pitcher at the deadline. They came up empty and now um, they're going to be able to rest their guys properly. So they're not pitching a short rest. And that's, I think that's going to be an offseason storyline. We're going to be watching and talking, talking about quite often. Agreed. Uh, Going to be deeply odd, but I, I'm ready for the playoffs, I, I must admit. Uh, in the, in, maybe because the Yankees are uh, fully non-participatory, but I am certainly ready for October. Uh, one quick before we go. Again, you had the Emerson Hancock call up. He came up and was excellent yesterday as the Mariners continue to roll. Um, so that's got my eyes on more call ups over the next couple of weeks. Wondering again, if there's anything that we need to keep our eyes out for. I know you're eyeing a few more prospects pre-September and I think August 18th is the day where the service time manipulation thing kind of 
you know, cross. That's the threshold that must be crossed. Feels like we're going to get Everson Pereira up on the Yankees right after that. They're floating that trial balloon. I wonder if there's anybody else you're hearing who could be up sort of right after that August 18th line. I don't know. So figure today is what, August 10th? Yeah. I think the name that I have talked about on the show quite often, and I will mention him again, is is Kyle Harrison with the Giants. Um, when he um, was finally returned and cleared to like return to action, um, it sounded like he was two or three starts away from getting the call. Uh, he's got, to my knowledge, one under his belt, so it, the clock is definitely ticking there. Um, hopefully, uh, when that does happen, I am the one to break it, but that is the one that I am watching quite closely and the one that I will make sure I have my, um, what, is, what do they call that? Uh, put, I'll, I'll put my phone on vibrate. So if it happens in the middle of the night, I will not be missing that scoop. I, I want that scoop, and I think that happens sometime here in the near future. In the Let's very go. near future. Good, because I'm excited to watch Kyle deal. I'm also excited to watch you get a scoop. I am also not competing for that particular scoop, so you can count me out on that one as well. What a guy. Hey, maybe it's end, we end up doing sources telling me and Adam Weinrib. That would be telling you would be would be kind of a scheme but uh, i got a pretty i got a pretty good source telling it to me right now to be honest so. to see there you go look at that he, adam's already working his sources live on the podcast but i'll tell you I, i've got the uh here's a little insight into how i broke the emerson hancock one is i was i was at the gym and i got a call just out of the blue uh from somebody i hadn't talked to in quite a while told me that and he was like hey, like happy or merry early christmas like hancock is getting the call and he told me to go confirm it elsewhere. And I'm at the gym, as I said, and I put my weights down, make a call. Lo and behold, it's confirmed. I break it. And, you know, well, I, I get the adrenaline rush and I get I got pumped and tweeted it. Um, and my workout the rest of the time was absolutely electric. And uh, I know obviously a burner in the comments is going to enjoy that one. Um, but, yeah, that was uh, I broke that one while I was at the gym. So that was that was a good time. Yeah, immediately the Celsius hits your bloodstream. You chuck a free weight through a mirror. I, I know how a good workout goes. Oh, darn. Oh, dude, I'm not kidding you. It was a 75-pound weight. Just chucked it right through the mirror. Yeah, and yeah, they, well, they, okay, maybe that, that last part was a little Wiped off moment. somebody else's machine just out of the goodness of your heart. Like you're juiced up running around the place. I, dude, I, I'm the king of doing that at the gym. I wiped on the wrong machine, the one that I wasn't even on. And it's like, oh, jeez. <laughs> Yeah, Not even the passive aggressive wipe down. Like when somebody doesn't do it, you lock eyes with them. Like, yeah, no, I know. I saw you. Like you just mm -hmm. accidentally do the wrong one. Yeah. I just do the wrong machine. Like that's genuinely something that I do. Um, and then I look around and I just smile and there's people that notice and they're like, what the heck is this guy doing? Man? <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a Robert Murray experience is how I like to phrase it. Well, that was the original name of this podcast, and maybe it will be again. But for now, we are the Baseball Insiders, and we'll make sure to keep you updated with all the news that we get that's fit to drop on the show uh, through the end of the summer, the end of the season, into the playoffs, and beyond, because you know uh, you're here, hopefully, because you like the show, but you're also here for the offseason. We, we know it. We know. We'll, we'll get you primed for the offseason. We're, we're here for you, too. But between shows, the Discord is the place to be. That's how you get a jump on what we're going to be talking about. That's how you keep track of the gossip and swirling rumors as best you can. We hope everybody joins us in that room. Again, Bet365 sponsored today's show. That promo is Baseball In. If you liked what you saw or what you listened to, we will be live on YouTube every Monday and every Thursday, 3.30 Eastern time. Leave us a review. Subscribe to the channel. 
We're on all podcast platforms. If you like audio, man, it is a mouthful to get through all the good news that we have in places you can find us, but it's worth it every time because this comment section is electric today and every day. And we thank you all for joining us. I echo everything Adam just said. We appreciate everybody watching, commenting, tuning in, watching us and, and putting up with me and, and my, uh, my, my gym tangents, but uh, no, Adam, well, we'll see you at Monday. We'll see you Monday. We'll see everybody in the comments Monday. Thanks for joining me, Robert. Thanks for joining us. Everybody who brought the heat today in the comment section, and we will see everybody for fresh episodes next week.